Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Myra Coca, uh, APR and a fellow PRSA, as she is the founding principal of Iron Strike, a com- strategic communications firm based in central Indiana. With nearly 30 years of public relation and marketing experience, Myra specializes in helping organizations lead change through effective communications and business strategy. Her inside-out approach helps leaders drive employee engagement, which positively impacts the customer experience. Clients have included Fortune 100 to mid-sized organizations representing healthcare, education, IT, financial, and manufacturing industries. Myra, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, Myra, I just want to start off straight out. Why did you start Iron Strike? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I had I love being in traditional marketing and public relations roles, and um, I was always the person when we were at the table that would be interested in knowing. Okay, so you want to roll out this big brand externally, and I would always be asking the questions. So, how is employee morale? Um, you know, you want to do this big marketing push externally, but how are things going on the inside? And invariably, um, many of the clients that we'd sit down with, they'd be like, well, you know, things aren't great, but you know, that's not where we want to put our money. And it just really over the years kind of dribbled and dribbled to the point where I was like, you know, I think people, companies would benefit from really understanding that connection a little bit better that, when you have a good, strong, when you have strong engagement on the inside of your organization, how that can benefit the business. So talking about that, about the strong engagement and everything, what is the connection between strong employee engagement and customer experience? I guess the way I would like to think of it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy or it's, um, it's a virtuous cycle. I guess that's the way I would explain it. If you have uh, satisfied employees, you have employees who understand the vision, the mission of the company, uh, they feel like they're being, quote unquote, taken care of. And I don't mean in a patronizing way, but in a um, fair and just way in terms of office politics or culture or whatever the case would be, they genuinely treat each other better, you know, other employees. And they also are just better to the customer. Uh, If you're not a happy employee, you're not genuinely concerned about what's happening on the outside. Interesting. So how does leadership, in in order to communicate, how do they strategically, you know, in their communications, trying to phrase this a little bit better here, (laughs) Um, how does leadership, I think the biggest thing is how does leadership recognize, um, that they're un- flipping it, how, why are their employees un- are unhappy and how should they have strong communications or strategic communications in order to rectify that, um, that, that bad or ill experience? Mm-hmm. I think there's a few, I guess, um, barometers, if you would. Um, one is we call them pain points when we sit down and talk with clients, you know, they, they typically have some very common pain points. So one of them is uh, employees are leaving. And 
they can't really put their finger on why. You know, they just know they're they're losing, and they're not just losing people, but they're losing some of their best people. You know, we can agree that it's not always bad when people leave companies, uh, but when you start losing your best people and too many people at the same time, it can be challenging. So that's one pain point. Another pain point is people just, the left not knowing what the right is doing. So you have a company where there's just a lot of silos and people are kind of more interested in making sure, you know, they're in a box. They've got their job and they do their job and they're in the silo and um, they're not playing in the sandbox well with other departments. That's another very common pain point. Another one would be uh, low sales in the sense of, you know, there's just not um, a sustained business model. And, um, you know, sometimes those Dots do connect back to, again, that customer experience, which connects back to the employee experience. So those are just a few examples. This is some really good examples, and I'm not going to grill you with any nah. more questions here. <laughs> but can you, can you give me um, an offline background of how you helped a client go from possibly um, people were in those silos, low sales, to when you – you stepped in with Iron Strike and you, you changed the, the strategic communications mm-hmm. and you saw um, a, a positive impact on that or a, a gradual impact for the company of knowing you know, where their pain points are and yeah. how they should fix them. Yeah. Uh, probably the example, and I, I could give many, um, but one that's really relevant right now is we're working with a, a company, a division of a company. And they uh, have kind of some morale issues based on legacy from a few years ago, and now they have new leadership. And so, you know, employees are kind of, you know, wondering, you know, is this, is this leader going to stick? Is this going to fly? And they know that there's uh, changes in the company that are going on. And so what we've got coming and done, we've really just worked with them on brass tacks. Um, what What is the employee value pro- proposition? How are you talking with your employees? How are you talking with them when you're, re- you know, you're recruiting? You know, what is that story that you're sharing? Uh, is that story true? You know, again, part of the goal is not just to uh, have a story, but to challenge the client to say, you might like that story, but that's not really who you are right now. So we need to back out a little bit um, because we want an authentic story. And so uh, really challenging them on that side. So for this particular client, what we're doing is uh, we're building out some manager communications tools to help their leaders become better leader communicators because it's not just um, the top leader's job to do that. Um, he or she really relies on um, the full management team to be his eyes and or her eyes and ears. And so we're helping them become better communicators. The other aspect is we're building some communication systems, which they really didn't have before. So uh, how do you approve documents? How do you make sure that um, the boxes are all not only just checked, but that people from different departments are looking at all the same materials and everybody's on the same page. So um, just really systems things, really some what, what we would consider basic things. And then um, we've built out a whole communications plan that really locks down, you know, what is their key messaging? How are they going to talk about some of the challenges that are up ahead? 
And then how can we build out a theme, not a logo, not a brand, but how can we build out a theme that kind of we can rally around a story and, and talk about that? So with those stories and everything, just kind of diving a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. kind of um, extrapolating um, without giving, you know, the information, yeah, and know, bread and butter and that kind of stuff. Is do you have like scenarios or do you, you act out, you know, examples or have some things for, for management um, in order to talk to people? Or do you have like a survey to go out and try to field what's being um, a concern and how to address mm-hmm. that? A lot of the companies we work with are larger. So they do either annual or quarter quarterly surveys with their employees. So we really call that information and look for common themes. So that's one um resource that we have. Uh, the other thing is we, when we're not sure where, what the climate is, we do have, and they're not proprietary to us. We rely on some other resources. Uh, we do, uh, readiness for change type surveys to assess, okay, you say you want to change things. And I mean, I see it, I see it in you. I hear it in your voice, but are you really ready? Is it the behavior going to match the words. And so it's not uncommon for us to go in and do some kind of readiness assessment and um, just to discern, okay, where are they in that journey? Because it's not uncommon uh, and it's not something we look for, but there there have been times where we've gone in and start working with a client and they say all the right things. They have the, the best of intentions, but then when we get into it, they really weren't ready for what they were asking for. And that can be equally frustrating for the employees when they think, oh, change, something might shift. You know, they're they're going to be more open and honest. They're going to be uh, more transparent about certain things that they haven't. And then they're really not quite ready. And you see it pretty quickly because we push. We say, you know, I, you know, are, are you willing to put that out there? And they're like, oh, no. And it might be something really basic where we're like, why wouldn't you tell employees that, you know, it's, this isn't a legal issue, but you know, there's still a large cadre of people that think that knowledge is power. And if I can just keep it, then I'm going to be in a different, better position. And we really look for clients who are very open to change, transparent, willing to try new things, are excited to try new things. And, you know, we, we're working with someone right now where they're willing to try new things and they tell their employees that. They'll be like, you know, I, I'm a, I want to be more open and authentic with you. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And we're going to try this out. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And that way all the employees know, oh, at least he's trying. You know, it's not he's just clamping down and he's not going to talk with us and share information. So that was kind of a, a longer story than you probably asked for, but um, it kind of illustrates some of that, but um, to bring it, kind of drive it home a little bit. Well, yeah. It illustrates um, just the example that you kind of gave that, you know, trying to, cause I mean, you work with bigger companies, mm-hmm. so, you know, information is very, um, how you're helping them is, is, is very crucial in, in this podcast, but, you know, giving kind of some examples of right. how people's attitude towards something in, in order for being an agent of change. Also, the thing that you mentioned was they're willing to try something and that's the essence of right. PR and marketing is 
you know, the first rule is do something. The second rule is do it better <laughs> and then see how it works. Because, right. you know, if you don't do anything, I mean, you'll, you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Well, and one of the things um, years ago, and you may be familiar with the book, Rise of the Creative Class by Richard Florida. That was an inspiring book for me before I started Iron Strike. And I really was always interested in what drives employees to placemaking, you know, what what makes a city attractive for people to come to. And if you think of companies and organizations as places, they're microcosms, you know, of, of placemaking. And a lot of that has to do with how employees um, feel connected to a company, how they're treated. And again, it's not everything's equal, but fair and just, so to speak. Um, and I'm just always blown away about how companies that have certain kinds of cultures just can breed more innovation. They can bring breed more um, employee retention, which is very expensive for companies. And just how exciting that is to watch it unfold and be a part of that. So it's neat. That's awesome. So we're going to enough about strategic internal communications, how you're helping companies and and let's do a flip. You know, let's, I want the coffee drinkers to know more about Myra, what makes Myra tick. So when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, you know, I'm, you know, I'm iron strike. This is my brand. This is my essence. This is how I'm, convey myself to clients and everything what gets you like when you immediately wake up in the morning what sets you off to be motivated to work that day well first of all there's bills no (laughs) (laughs) um but second to that it is um it's kind of what i just touched on just really knowing that you could affect a change that made a company more adaptable more resilient more innovative um those are just really that that's a big part of what drives me and i am kind of and i've always been this way i like rooting for the underdog and so i think of the employee as a little bit the underdog in the sense of they want to be heard they want to come they want to win and they want the company to win but companies and organizations and leaders need to give employees the right information to be able to do their job as well as possible Definitely. So on the foot on some more about you. Um, and that's really good. That's a really good passion to have is to, to see it from a perspective, not like I'm helping the company and the managers, but I'm helping bottom up. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do as like as a break from create? What do you do creatively as a hobby or something that you kind of bring back into work to kind of have kind of rejuvenate yourself? Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily bring it to work because it would be a very smelly office, but I love to cook. My thing is that's kind of where I get my creative freedom. I really like to try ethnic foods. I love to cook new ethnic foods. Our um, son is adopted from Korea, so we make a lot of Korean food and I love Korean food. So um, I would say that's probably my biggest creative outlet. And um, the second would be gardening. I really like gardening a lot. And I like getting my feet, my hands dirty. And I like, um, maybe that's an analogy to bring back into the workforce. (laughs) Well, that and the experimentation with cooking. Yeah. Experimenting Mm -hmm. with like, what can we try to make this better or make this better? And then the gardening is like, what should we plant this year and see, you know, how it sustains. The fruits of your labor. 
Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And that's kind of where the company in some ways started is, um, you know, for example, if you plant a bulb at the wrong time of year, it's not going to flower the next year. And that's where the name Iron Strike kind of comes from is you can have effective employee communications at any time, but there's certain moments where it's really crucial. And if you don't do it at that moment in time, you can still do it later, but it's not, it's going to take longer to make it work. It might be more expensive. So for example, we've helped several companies with mergers and acquisitions and the time to do that work is not after the merger and acquisition. It's during the lead up to it. It's it's those formative months where you're planning and all the legal work's doing, you know, going on, et cetera. And so I think of it, you know, from the bulb standpoint, um, you know, striking while the iron is hot is really about doing it at the right moment in time where you can be the most effective. I like that. I really like that. So my last question for you is what do you do health-wise to, I mean, you have to take care of yourself in order to help others. Mm -hmm. So what do you do health-wise? I mean, it could be a myriad of different things. Sure. It could be walking, it could be whatever, yeah. whatever health means to you. So yeah. what do you do to kind of? Um, I We can all improve. And so, you know, I'm on that journey myself. I, I do beat myself up occasionally because I need to do more in that area. Uh, but I, I have a personal trainer I work with twice a week. Um, that's something I've done for about three years. And, you know, on the onset, I was like, oh, I, I just don't want to spend this, you know, it's, and it, it feels like a luxury, you know, but um, I'd had back problems for many years. And um, I just really needed to be more careful with the situation and build my strength back up. And so working with him, um, with um, his, it's Adam Cole, Cole Fitness, he's just fantastic, um, has been just really uh, fun. It's always fun to work out with someone who, first of all, knows what they're doing, and um, second of all, who has great personality. And so it, it's um, kind of part therapy, part workout, <laughs> which works out really well. Um, I do try to walk when I can and get out. But really, I think of gardening and cooking as kind of meditative. It's very mm -hmm. relaxing for me. I I get a lot of a lot out of it, and um, it's you know for some people they hate gardening, but um, it's really fun to kind of just use that time to be thoughtful and meditative and think through things. Maybe that process you know to process things throughout your day or your week. Um, yeah, that's probably those are the two biggest things I would say. I like that. And you kind of wrapped everything up where you're like, I experiment, I do this, I meditate, but I also think of ways of subconsciously of how to help others or how should they should communicate mm -hmm. better and how I should communicate or, you know, having a personal, you know, trainer that's, you know, lively, does what they're doing and that kind of stuff and knows how to communicate. I think that's mm -hmm. just the essence of this whole podcast is striking while the iron is hot. And knowing when when to say something and when not to say something and when to be honest and transparent. And so, Myra, thank you very thank so you much for being on this episode. Yeah. So, again, uh, thank you. And um, for all the Converge coffee drinkers, that's a wrap. <laughs>